You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. Hey, it's so good to see you. Thank you, Ashley. Everyone else, I don't know. You kind of look mad at me. Um, Hey, it's so good to have you here this morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Today we are launching a series that's going to cast some vision. Would you say that word with me, vision? Ready? One, two, three. We're going to be casting some vision as far as where God is leading us as a church in 2022, because how many of you know that God does have a plan for our lives, amen? And therefore, he has vision and a direction in which we should go. So if you're new to the church, this is a great series for you to attend. It kind of talks about who we are as a church and where we're going. And if you're a regular attender, this is likewise a great series because it's a reminder of what God has called us to do and what God has called us to be as C3 Church. So again, we're launching our new series today titled Vision. And this morning, I just kind of want to have a conversation with you about the vision, again, that God has given us as a church. I've only been here for about two years now. And two years ago, I sat down with a group of leaders from our church, and we attended this program called Acts 2 Journey. Acts 2 Journey is more of a ministry consultant Um, kind of course or conference, if you want to call it that. And for over the course of a year, we looked over ministry plans and we asked some evaluating questions. What is working? What isn't working that we need to stop doing? And what needs adjusted? By the way, Wayne, thank you so much for adjusting the air. I I look out around the sanctuary and I see, I'm like, oh man, stick with me, stay hydrated. Um, And so over the course of a year, myself and a ministry team got together and we talked about the culture of our church and where God is leading leading us. And over the course of two years, we have seen so much fruit come to pass. (laughs) Three of you are excited. Come on, church. God is doing something here. Amen. I just want to brag a little bit, you know, a a, a year ago for a Christmas Eve service, we hit like 150 in our attendance and we we were ecstatic, like, wow, 150, like, can you imagine, like, that is just incredible, we fit 150 people in this church, and we are ecstatic, and rightfully so, and um, as the year went on, our average attendance started to increase, and we saw more than 150 on a weekend, and I'm pleased to announce that this past Christmas Eve with two services, we saw over 272 people served (laughs) Christmas Eve. In two years, we've gone from an average attendance of around 80 to 90 to now closer to 200. We have seen over 50 50 salvations in the year of 2021. Praise God. We have added over 130 new profiles to our database in the past six months. That's what my admin said. Holy cow. Added over 130 profiles to our database. In 2021, we saw over 21 individuals baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we also saw over 15 people water baptized. God is doing incredible things, but this is only the beginning. 
This is barely the foundation. God has so much more ahead of us, and this morning I want to talk about the quote-unquote more. And I'm feeling a little bit sentimental. I also have to say that because I didn't expect myself to feel sentimental. But this morning, um, we meet for pre-service prayer, the worship team, digital media team, and really anybody who wants to, and our leaders, volunteers, we meet right here, circle up and have a prayer gathering. And as Mike, our worship leader, and I were discussing, we were kind of reflecting on the interview process, because I said, I could talk about vision for the years to come. I love talking about God's vision. I just get passionate about it. I go on many rabbit trails, so be prepared to stay a little bit overtime today. Praise God. And... (laughs) And so Mike came up and Mike, we were just talking about like God's provision over the past two years. And during the interview process, you know, they, I guess they referred to me as, as visionary and, and I appreciate that, but I just started laughing because I said, you know, that's how you know it was God because this church, the board that was here, they, they saw vision as a good thing. I had interviewed with churches where the vision that God has given us for ministry, my wife and I for ministry, scared them. And the interview process, we respectfully just kind of bowed out because the vision, they wanted things to kind of stay the same. And, and that's just not where God has called us. You see, God has given my wife and I a burden to restore the family unit in America. <laughs> strong families build strong societies, and you can only have a strong family if it's found at the foot of, cro- at the, foot of the cross. And that's just something that God has birthed in our lives. And I said, you know, it's so cool to hear that. And Lee talks about how, you know, our, our, we were um, interviewing over Zoom. I'm so done with Zoom, by the way. We were interviewing over FaceTime and Zoom. And, and Lee's like, I walked into the room and he said, I just was like, what is happening in there? Because he could just sense that there was a divine appointment being fulfilled. I said, you know, it was so cool because I sat down with this board that I immediately just fell in love with. I said, you had Jack Russo, our Italian. And Jack is sitting there and, you know, we're talking about the vision. He's like, this is good. This is good. And then you had Gary and Gary was just crying. And then you had Tim, and Tim was like, it's good. (laughs) And after this interview, I remember looking at my wife, and I'm crying, and I just said, this is where God's calling us. And then the second interview, Kylie interviewed with me with the board, and we just, oh, I'm not going to get emotional today. We just fell in love, just absolutely fell in love to the point to where like I get offended when somebody asks if I'm going home to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh isn't home. It's where I grew up. This is home. So I say, no, we're going back to Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. It's one of my favorite cities because I did grow up there. But this is home and there's nothing like home. And after that interview, I just remember sitting there with my wife, and God just gave us a Holy Spirit download of vision and vision and vision and vision. And then we meet with this board and these ministry leaders, and we go to this this ministry consultant conference over the course of a year, and it's just vision and vision and vision and vision. And I learned that God has a lot of vision. That's what I want to talk about today, the vision that he's calling us to. 
where we're going as a church, the direction, the trajectory of the ministry here at Fogelsville, I believe we're going to reach Lehigh County. So because here's what I realized is that when I think of small dreams and small visions, it's an insult to God. But when I think of the impossible, it's a compliment to God. How you pray will tell others how big or how little you think God is. Because if we're sitting here, we're just saying, you know, if you're hungry and you need food and you say, Lord, would you provide me a crumb? I think that he just kind of looks at us and goes, don't you know that I'm bigger than that? Pray for Thanksgiving feast, baby. Like, I mean, come on. God gives big vision. So this morning, I want to have a conversation about this, and I'm going to try not to get emotional, but I love my church. I love you. And Kylie, and I, thank you. And Kylie and I are so blessed and honored to be in the position that we are. So thank you for that. But I want to explain this morning a little bit. Uh, I want to define vision a little bit. Vision and dreams, I first want to say this. Vision and dreams are not the same. Dreams are an unconscious state of seeing divinely inspired things. Sometimes that happens. That's not a part of my testimony. It is my parents. I've seen it in others where they've had divinely inspired dreams. But here's the difference. Vision is a conscious state of seeing divinely inspired things. An example of this is in Daniel 2. King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and Daniel comes and interprets the dream with a vision. Make following me so far. Vision is a conscious state of seeing whereas dreams are an unconscious state of seeing. Having a vision is a lot like me taking out my phone and looking at the screen. It's kind of like that. When you and I have visions, it's where God gives us divinely inspired mental images or things to say, whatever it may be. We just understand that they're divinely inspired because they go far beyond our intellectual ability. And I'm telling you, it's a humbling moment where you're like, I am not that smart, Lord. Thank you for inspiring that. And so God speaks to us, and I remember as a child going to a, a kid's camp, which your kids are going to have the opportunity to go to this summer, by the way, make sure they go, change the locks if they don't want to, give them the key to the house if they do, we've been through this. So I went to this camp, and I remember it was the first time that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm at this altar, and God began to give me mental images as a 12-year-old boy where I saw myself standing on a platform preaching. And I knew that that was the direction that God wanted me to go. And Kylie and I, together in our marriage, where we've experienced this, where God gives us something so clear, where it's like, man, you, you can see it. And it's just like, you, it's one of those moments where it's almost like a burden, because as I describe it to you, I so badly want you to see what I see. Have you ever been there? Like you can picture it in your mind in such great detail and then you get so wound up in this divinely inspired vision that you get frustrated with others. Where it's like, why can't you see what I see? And they're like, because I'm not in your head. <laughs> vision is not a dream. They're different things. Dreams are an unconscious state of seeing whereas vision is being fully aware but having these thoughts, having these images that are divinely inspired through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, and well, let, me, let me pause and say this, vision doesn't have to be mystical. Can we be real this morning? Sometimes we feel like if it's from God, it has to be like a, uh, um, a puzzle to figure out. And sometimes, can I say, like, God knows that I'm not that smart to figure out the puzzle. And so he just speaks plainly. And so I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're like, well, pastor, I've never had one of those things where I see two pigeons and a tree and a water and I'm trying to... 
and it sounds more like an acid trip than <laughs> just being honest. It doesn't have to be like that. Sometimes God just speaks and says, this is where I want you to go, now go. And I so appreciate that he knows how to speak to us. Amen, church? So I want to challenge you, if you've ever sensed a vision, you're sensing vision this morning, or you've had vision in the past, I want to challenge you, test it, test it. That's how you'll build confidence in knowing that it's not your imagination, is if you test it. And that's also how you'll build confidence knowing that it's not Satan trying to deceive you. Test it. If he gives you a vision, if he gives you a passion to do something, a cause, whatever it may be, test it. So this morning, my, I, I, I want to continue to define vision a little bit. Vision not only answers the what, but vision, God's vision, answers the why. Vision not only answers what, such as what is God leading us to do as a church? What are we going to do to reach the lost? What are we going to do to disciple the found? God's vision not only answers the what, but vision also answers the why. Why are we doing this event? Why do we meet every Sunday morning? Why do we have worship? Why do we have prayer nights? Vision answers the what, what are we doing, but it also answers the why behind the what. Are you with me? The reason why this is so vital is because if we don't understand the why behind the what, we are walking without purpose. A church without purpose is a dead church, and that is not what God has called us to be. Can I hear a good amen this morning? God has called us to be what the scripture says, fruitful, effective, working, seeing growth, not only numerically, come on somebody, because anybody can draw numbers, all you have to do is know how to manipulate a crowd, but God goes a level deeper. He not only brings in the numbers, but he brings in this spiritual fruit, where you see people who are not just changing a behavior, but the entire trajectory of their lives has done a 180 and changed course towards righteousness. Come on somebody. That's... God's vision, knowing the what, what are we doing, and why. Why do we do this? And it is so important for us as a church to understand the why behind the what. God has called us to be alive. He has called us to be fruitful. As a matter of fact, Jesus was so passionate about a living, effective church that he said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell can't even stop me. Let me interpret that for you in modern day. COVID won't stop the church. Political turmoil will not stop the church. Inflation will not stop the church. Even closed countries that try and keep the gospel of Jesus Christ will not be effective. They will fail because Jesus said it and he's true to his promise. He didn't say my church is going to become very weak and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be successful with the skin of the teeth. No, Jesus said with confidence to Peter, I will build my church and hell can't even stop me. That's a strong vision, Jesus. Here's the reality. If Jesus is building something, it means that he has plans to build it. It means that he has a vision. And here's the most beautiful privilege that you and I have as Christ followers. God doesn't say, you wait over there and I'm going to do you know, all of the work. He actually gives us an opportunity where he says, come and see what I'm doing. I want you to be my hands and feet. I'm going to teach you how to be a part of the process. And he actually uses us in divine appointments. What grace. Vision can be defined in many ways, but I personally like this. Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. 
Where you are is not where God has called you to remain. He's called you to move forward. Vision makes us move forward. God's vision is the bridge between here and now to where God wants you to be. Vision is God's preferred future for your life. Every year it is my goal to teach vision that God has given us as a church and where he's leading us so that we can walk in unity towards the goals that he's called us to. Amen? But there's another reality. There's a caveat to this. There's danger in not following God's vision for your life. Proverbs 29:18 says this, where there is no vision the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Other translations put it like this, Proverbs same verse, Proverbs 29 uh, verse 18, where there is no vision the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. An example of this nightmare of walking outside of God's vision for your life became a reality in Exodus 32. An example is Moses has gone up to the mountain to receive vision from God. He's gone up to the mountain to receive direction, among other things, and to receive wisdom. Down below, the Israelites are waiting for Moses, but they were getting frustrated because they weren't hearing the vision that God has given them. So this is what ends up happening. Exodus 32, verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, make us gods which shall go before us. I want to hit the pause button. The language is very intentional here. Make us gods that go before us. If you remember earlier in Exodus, God says, I am the God who will go before you. They are directly asking Aaron, give us a replacement. Give us a plan B because we aren't hearing God's vision for our lives quick enough. Make us gods that will go before us far, for as this Moses, they're even disowning him here. For as this guy, this Moses, that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Moses takes longer than what is expected, and what happens? The Israelites begin idol worship and turning to false gods, and they corporately enter into this sin together. What is the point that we learn from Proverbs found in Exodus? When you don't follow God's vision, Satan will cause division. When we don't follow God's vision for our lives, Satan will come in and cause division. He'll get us off course. He'll get us to follow a gimmick. And you have to understand the Israelites, they were seeking momentary peace. They wanted to feel comfortable in that moment. And can I tell you that that is still the bait that Satan puts in front of us. A moment of pleasure, a moment of peace, only to experience a life full of hell unleashed. When we don't follow God's vision, Satan will come in and cause division. Exodus 32, 25, Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them run wild and become a laughingstock to their enemies. Remember that other translation? The people cast off restraint when there is no vision. Exodus 32, he's saying there is no restraint. God's vision gives us self-control. It keeps us grounded. Amen? It keeps us focused. It keeps us on the course that he's laid out before us. 
it also gives us a way to measure decisions that we make in life. If you and I are faced with a decision and we filter it through the question, does this align with God's vision? Does this decision align with God's vision? His vision gives us a way to measure our choices. If it doesn't align with where he's leading us in our homes, in our individual lives, and corporately, how many of you know that we shouldn't go there? Why? Because when we step outside of his vision, we become unrestrained. The moment that we step outside of that, we become unrestrained. Either translation works to prove the point that we need God's vision and guidance in our lives. Can I hear an amen? Amen. This is why every year we will discuss vision as a church. Because it's vital that we don't forget why we meet together. Can I hear a good amen on that? We are more than an activity center. Anybody can be an activity center, but what changes this is the God-given purpose. It's vital that we don't forget the power of the church and what God has called us to do together, which leads me to my next point. God's vision for your life is deeply connected to your involvement in church. God's vision for your, quote-unquote, individual life is deeply connected to your corporate life as far as joining the body of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Do you know that getting spurred isn't a pleasant experience? I went horseback riding one time, and I got spurred because somebody thought it was funny. It is not a pleasant experience. It's challenging. It's gritty. Now, please understand the language here. Let us spur one another on. Let us challenge one another theologically, doctrinally, and experientially. Let us challenge one another whenever you don't agree with the pastor, whenever there's a conflict in your home, when there's a conflict with another brother or sister in Christ. Let us challenge one another. Can I tell you, oh my goodness, the American church, can we admit our sins? We do not want to be held accountable for anything completely misunderstanding that church leadership is there to hold us accountable for the sake of our lives staying on course. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Why would Paul tell us this? By serving in the church, participating in the church, seeking to pour into others' lives, yielding to church authority, you are learning to mature in Christ. Why should we plug into the body of Christ? My first answer is this, for the sake of fruitfulness. There are some, there's some fruit that God calls us, that scripture calls us to grow in, and the only way that we can grow in that fruit is if we're a part of the body of Christ. Come on, somebody, don't get quiet on me. 
We're called to fruitfulness. Why? Because fruitfulness means effectiveness. Did you know that God wants you to be effective in the way that you live your life? That God has called you to better, higher things? Fruitfulness means effectiveness. It means growth. It's what God has called us to. Why should we plug into the body of Christ? For the sake of accountability. If you want to grow, there's a level of accountability that is demanded of us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 through 13 says this, So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Let me rephrase that last sentence, so that the body of Christ may be fruitful. Verse 13, until we reach unity in faith and in the measure of the fullness of Christ. Scripture teaches us that a part of equipping is accountability. For the sake of maturing our relationship with Jesus, accountability cannot happen if we aren't even showing up. Amen, church? We live in a generation where there's this weird belief in what I refer to as lone wolf Christianity. And it's, I can go on my own. I don't need anyone. I don't need to be a part of the body of Christ. I'm just going to read my devotions and that's enough. And there's just nowhere in scripture that validates that kind of relationship with Jesus. Nowhere. But we live in this odd time where we're the only culture that I'm aware of that has people that don't serve in the church, barely attend, don't grow in their giftings, they look more like the culture than they do the bride of Christ, have no desire to grow closer to Jesus, and yet because of a one-time prayer that was said, they still claim the title of Christian. Well, pastor, that's pretty harsh. James said this, faith without works is dead. Christ went one step further and said, there's going to come a day where if you're not living in accordance to my will and what scripture says, you're going to arrive at eternity and I'm going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. That's pretty harsh. But it's a reality that we need to talk about. Salvation in Jesus isn't a get out of hell free card where we say a prayer and we keep on living in sin and we keep pursuing the world and we never think about God's vision for our lives. God has more for you. Can I hear an amen this morning? You don't have to wait till heaven to experience his presence. You don't have to wait till heaven to experience who he is and his will for your life. Being a Christian means that we have made a decision to make a 180 degree change. Who I am is not Who I was is not who I am, as Mike talked about this morning. That's the old me, but because I have pursued the things of Christ, because I have submitted to his vision, come on somebody, there is a better way which brings forth a new me. Accountability. We need to be held accountable. Amen, church? Why should we plug into the body of Christ? Because throughout scripture, we're called to be participants, not spectators. 
Not only is there a plethora of scripture that teaches us about serving others and being a part of the body of Christ, but there is so much evidence of being plugged into the church that the New Testament scriptures are actually predicated on the understanding that we as Christians are serving in the church. Scripture throughout the New Testament assumes that we're plugged into the body of Christ and not only validates that we should be a part of the body of Christ pursuing the things of God, but it assumes that we're a part of the body. There isn't a biblical basis for not being deeply connected to the body of Christ. We need one another. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I need you? Y'all make me blush. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 says this, but be sure to fear the Lord. And serve him faithfully with all of your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Well, what great things has he done for us? Scripture says that the Son of God came to serve and not be served. He came and said that when you serve the least of these, you're showing my Christ-like character and therefore serving me. We know that he called us to offer our literal physical bodies as living sacrifices for his purpose. Consider his word. Consider the way that he lived. After you reflect on the way that Christ lived, mimic it. That's what this scripture is saying. Copy. Be a participant. Amen? God has called you to be so much more than a spectator. I say all of this to simply prove the point that God's vision for our lives is deeply connected to our involvement in church. The belief that we can do this on our own has got to die. It is holding back fruit in your life, and it's holding back fruit in the body of Christ. Amen? Worship team, would you come? Jesus has such incredible vision for the church in 2022, just like he did on the day of Pentecost. As a matter of fact, Jesus casts vision about the birth of the church. In Acts 1.8, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they gather together and wait in the upper room and the Holy Spirit is poured out and people begin to speak in tongues, but that's not the gift. The gift is the empowerment that they received. Speaking in tongues is the evidence of the gift. And Peter begins to preach to a crowd. You remember Peter the coward? The Holy Spirit empowers him, and Peter the coward turns into Peter the Christ-loving, Christ-following warrior. And scripture says this, those who accepted his message, Peter, they were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then we get this beautiful picture of the birth of the body of Christ, the birth of the New Testament church, the birth of the very church that we are in right now. 
they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Pause. I read that scripture and I believe that we need to have a meal every time we meet. Can I hear a good amen? There's a field full of geese over there, I'm just saying. And your timing, Lord. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions just to give to those who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their home. There it is again, food. Yes, Lord, we receive it. And together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Everyone that experienced this, hear me, church, as we head towards a close. Everyone who experienced these signs and wonders understood this principle that God's vision was directly attached to their church involvement. They broke bread together. They did life together. Think about how incredible this vision is for the church. That the church went from one guy, fully God, fully man, went from one guy to billions of followers over the course of 2,000 years. The church started with 120 people in an upper room. The Holy Spirit fell upon them, empowered them, and led them through God's vision. He's still leading us in that vision that Jesus prophesied about. You're a part of it right here, right now. That vision that was spoken 2,000 years ago is where Jesus said, I want you to go and wait in an upper room and my spirit is going to fall upon you and you're going to be my witnesses to the end of the earth. There's no expiration date on this empowerment. Jesus begins to speak it. You are sitting and living in a prophecy that is still being lived out. There's power in the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. There's power in the body of Christ. Church is so much more than keeping a seat warm. When we show up and attend once or twice a month, you're never going to experience his vision that way. That's like your relationship with Jesus being on life support. He has so much more, church. Church started with 120 and turns into billions of followers over 2,000 years. We are living in a miracle that is still happening. If you want to look for a sign and wonder, look at the person next to you. Look at the place that we're gathered in this morning. Someday, here's how profound God's vision for the church is. Someday when you die, and one out of every one persons will die. The statistics don't lie. The vision to reach the world will continue through the body of Christ, the church. When you're not here anymore, your children are going to have the opportunity to get plugged in, to get connected and pursue God's vision for their lives. This is a vision that outlives us. 
God's vision, I close with this. God's vision is always about serving him rather than ourselves. If you're trying to determine, Lord, what is your vision for me? It is the thing that leads you outside of yourself. It is the thing that disconnects you from being self-centered to Christ-centered. His vision for our lives individually and corporately as a church always revolves around serving him. See, when we were created, God put this deep desire in us to serve him. And mankind will drive themselves insane trying to fill this purpose outside of God. It doesn't take long to hear an entrepreneur talk for five minutes, a very successful multimillionaire entrepreneur. It doesn't take but five minutes to listen to the way they're talking, to sit back and go, you're still searching. After all the millions that you've made, you're still searching for purpose. You're still searching for fulfillment. I can hear it in your voice that you haven't yet arrived at a place of satisfaction. As a matter of fact, I've heard it from individuals in this room where you've encountered somebody who maybe was very successful in life and you have this thought, how much more money do you need? They just keep wanting more and more and more and more and it's never enough. Why? Because they haven't yet had that deep desire in their lives of saying, I am fulfilled. That only comes with serving Jesus. That only comes with serving Jesus. Would you stand to your feet this morning? The desire to make an impact in the world, to do something that matters, to change lives, that craving can only be satisfied through the cross of Jesus Christ. God's vision is always about serving his purpose rather than our own church today is an introductory into this topic of vision over the next couple weeks we're going to be processing the specifics what God is calling us to in the weeks to come next week Gary is going to be preaching I want to challenge you to be here for that Gary has had the Lord put a message on his heart about fasting and fasting directly leads us in God's vision and will for our lives. When you and I take a, a, a pause in life and say, Lord, I'm going to focus in this weekend. It's only a three-day fast, by the way. It's like one day if you want to choose out of the weekend or do the whole weekend. Don't faint on me and say, Pastor, I can't do it. We haven't started. You made it two hours and then you were at Dunkin' Donuts. I saw you. But Gary's going to be talking about what fasting is and how we can, how we can be obedient to this command to, to fast and find and discover God's vision and will for our lives. Be here next week for that. But for now, I want to ask you this question. In 2022, will you participate in such a way that God's vision for your life outlives you? In this year, In 2022, will you serve him in such a way that the things that he used you to do will outlive you and they will minister to your grandkids and their children and their children's children? Will you participate in such a way that 2022 will be a year known for saying, man, I laid it all out for God and he showed up. Will you submit to the vision that God has called us to accomplish because the reality is church is we're still living in a very very 
supernatural vision? Will you watch it all pass by, never knowing what it's like to experience success and fulfillment in times of trials where he chips away those hard pieces on our lives and builds us? Will you know what that is like? Or will you simply attend church and be able to say, they, they experienced it? Or will you know? If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I want to know what it's like, we have volunteer cards that are available out in the lobby next to our little tithing box. Fill one out. Our process of getting connected in the body of Christ is no strings attached. There's a two-week trial. Discover, find out what your passion is. And if you come back and say, that's not my passion, great, awesome, we have an answer. Let's plug you into another ministry. But the point is this, God's vision for your life is directly attached to how much you would plug yourself in, connect yourself to the body of Christ. Amen, church? Amen, church? I'm gonna give you one more chance. Amen, church? Amen. Mike, would you lead us? I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all my days, I will love you. I will sing hallelujah. And hallelujah. to you. Father, we just ask right here and right now that our hearts and our minds would be postured in such a way that we would be obedient to whatever it is that you lead us to do, God. Whatever it is that you want us to step away from, whatever it is that you want us to draw near to, God, would you help us? Would you give us the strength? Would you give us the obedience, Lord? And I just pray in the weeks to come that there would be an overwhelming amount of testimonies of individuals getting connected to their purpose, and our purpose can only be found in you. Because God, we recognize that you created the body of Christ to be more than seat warmers on Sunday mornings. But God, you've called us to a purpose. You've called us to action. Now, Lord, help us to follow through with obedience. Now, Lord, would you watch over us, lead us, and guide us until we meet again. 
we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. And everybody shout it. Amen. God bless you as you go with the Lord. He's going with you. This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us at info at C3Lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.